0: Pickaxe. Hello, I'm Wheels, the dungeon master for Storybreakers. Love critical role in movies like Hot Fuzz and Spotlight? Actual play series Storybreakers combines the fantasy adventure of Dungeons & Dragons with small town comedy and mystery in an episodic tale of journalists on the hunt for the secret underbelly of a tiny town where nothing seems to happen. But excuse me if I don't think a bunch of ragtag journalists from a podunk town are actually going to be of any help. Storybreaker Season 1 in its entirety is available for listening right now wherever you get your podcasts, with Season 2 on the way. Find out more at Dicebreaker.com
3: Hello and welcome to the podcast of this week's One Life Left Radio show. I'm Simon Byron.
4: I am Steve Curran.
3: We are joined by James Parker, super special guest. Hello. Hello, hello. hello. At the end of the show there was a little little croaky goodbye. Did you get emotional there?
2: (laughs) Oh yeah, no, I, no. I, the thing was, I was going to tell a story out of school about the MCV awards, and then I thought I probably shouldn't tell that. Well,
3: here we are. We're in the mm. podcast intro, James, which doesn't have the same legal obligations as, or legal restrictions, I should say, as the broadcast version. So feel free. The floor is yours.
2: Well, we were nominated for an award last year for best gameplay or something of that ilk. So got all dressed up, bought tickets, went along the first issue was that when we arrived, there wasn't a seat for one of our party, which it's it's not what you want because those seats are not cheap. cheap. Um, So they they sorted that out by just shoving another seat into the table. (laughs) And this was a table as far away from anything else as it was possible to be already. Um, And we were sat with, and I don't know the polite way of saying this, but a bunch of coked up distributors who pretty much ruined our evening. Um, And I've just, been holding off mostly responding to any tweets saying, of course, the real winner is anyone who doesn't end up on this table with those twats.
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh, spicy. Well, I'm sorry to hear that. Um, uh, There were some, so the weird thing about the MTV awards, which we do talk about towards the end of the show um, uh, is that um, they'd oversold the venue. And so uh, that you, you had the main hall. Um, you had sort of two, you, you had a, another wing down the side Behind some pillars, um, and they 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 couldn't see the stage. But then uh, there was a separate room out the back, um, and that had like that had IGN in it. Um, and so I was chatting to some of those guys, and they were like, "Well, we haven't obviously won because we're sat at the back here." But um, there were some winners from that room, so mm. you know, I was I was pleased to see that it, it is at least an honest awards show, even if you know some of the way that they categorised
4: companies does seem very deeply flawed <laughs> I thought um, IGN might be on the naughty step because of their 7 out of 10 tweet did you see this? Oh I didn't, no so so IGN uh, put together, uh, I believe I mean this is context I saw in a minute long video which was an explanation of why so many of their games get 7 out of 10 um, Ooh. You know, and it was one of those very modern, uh, chatty videos of two guys fast editing back and forth, um, saying, So, why does it? Well, do you know how many games come out on Steam this year? Oh, I don't know, maybe 200, 12,000, you know, this what? amount every day. What can't believe it! But the TLDW of the video was basically games uh, get seven out of ten on IGN because we only review the good games, and if you haven't See, if you don't see it on IGN, it's probably not very good. We don't review things that people aren't talking about, you know, because people don't talk a game that you haven't heard of. Why would it be worth playing? People were not happy about this, Um, and they pulled the tweet uh, within twenty-four
3: hours. Yeah, Uh, it's been a big week for scores, isn't it? Did you see the Eurogamer bought scores back? I didn't. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So they um, (laughs) out of what? Uh, Well, uh, because they, they, you know, they famously dropped all their scores uh, Mm. to just have recommended uh, essential, nothing, and probably, I don't know, avoid. Avoid. Yeah. Um, And then, you know, that took too much effort. You know, we haven't got any time to do anything these days. I haven't got time to read anything. Just tell me whether it's any good or not. Um, And um, they brought it back, but they sort of traded it and said, we'll be bringing it back on Thursday. Thursday just gone. And the first game that they brought scores out of five back four mm-hmm. was Zelda. Mm-hmm. Bring your scores back. Bring your scores back.
4: What score did they give it? <laughs> oh, I hope three and a half. I would hope <laughs> three. Well, what it is out of, So I suspect it's four, it but was I would bo- love it if it's a three.
3: <laughs> it was oh. four. Oh. Just imagine, That's though. That's still funny. <laughs> isn't that funny? Imagine if they'd, got, if they'd done what you did at Edge and got it wrong. <laughs> giving it a, <laughs> given it a placeholder six. score
4: yeah a placeholder score of yeah. two X's Um, actually there was a Euro- Eurovision interstitial screen at one point uh, early on in the night that had two X's on it in the bottom right hand corner which was obviously a placeholder for a, a number that someone had forgotten to put it on which is exactly what Edge did after realising putting numbers there was a bad idea <laughs> <laughs>
3: Good. Uh, anything else we need to clear up from the show? I don't think so. It was super fun. I really, really yes. enjoyed it. Thank you for joining us, James. Good mm. luck with That's, the game.
2: It was a pleasure. So I think I, it, the other thing to clear up is I think I've been on six times because I was also on one of the little shows you did from GDC, weren't you?
3: One of the little shows. That's an interesting way of describing our road shows.
2: Uh, well, what I mean was I was only on it for a small amount of time as opposed to a full Okay, hour long so it
3: so it so it is little if minute. you're not on it for
2: the time that you're available is
3: that, is uh, that oh right? Yeah,
2: yeah no, that's exactly what i meant so yes
3: okay well then our listeners can look forward to an absolutely massive show it's all <laughs> full of james uh you can listen to it freely there are no spoilers for zelda don't worry about that uh yeah hope you enjoy it here's a show <laughs>
4: Hello, good evening, and welcome to One Life Left on Resonance 104.4 FM. We are a video game radio show. We are recording this live.
3: Hooray! Hooray! That and means
4: we no... My name, <laughs> as the person who pressed record, is Steve Curran.
3: I'm Simon Byron, and uh, that, this means we've got no excuse to allude to funnier
4: jokes, have we? <laughs> this, this time round. First run uh and whatever you hear is uh is the first time we've said this how are you simon uh, what's the worst word I can say on the radio to describe
3: uh how how tired i am
4: uh just really tired very tired are uh, very, you very tired, tired?
3: I've, I, well I've, had just, I've just had a busy day um, mm. i've done i've just i mean only recently uh've finished assembling a child's trampoline um eight foot is it no eight foot? No, ten foot. Uh, I think we ended up getting in the end. I can't know. Right. Um, absolutely terrifying job, that is, that mm-hmm. is fraught with danger at every moment that you're doing it. Mm-hmm. And then, once you've finished, is then fraught with danger from then <laughs> on, isn't it? No <laughs> good can come from it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, it's up mm-hmm. now. But blimey, it was hard, terrifying work. Uh, but it is at least done. Um, worst of all, next door are having a party right now uh, so i don't know if you'll be able to hear them um but they were playing some sort of game next door and i couldn't <laughs> i couldn't work out what it was i was tempted to use the trampoline to have a peer <laughs> over the <laughs> fence <laughs> to see what it is because it did sound interesting and they were calling out scores mm-hmm. uh, and it sounded like they had a remote control car in there i don't know what they're doing uh, but i can't see it can't see over the fence I did ask my daughter when she was testing the trampoline out to see if she could bounce up and see, uh, but she couldn't. So the whole afternoon was wasted uh, in that regard. What about you, Steve?
4: Uh, also very, very tired. I've been looking after my daughter all weekend. Um, but the real reason I'm tired, Simon, is it was Eurovision weekend, of course.
3: Oh, of course. And you were performing, weren't you? <laughs> you were, on, yeah, just... you were the, well, one of the interval acts. Oh, well, it so was quite late. It was yeah, quite late
4: it was a you know medley of classic Eurovision uh, non qualifying acts uh did you watch it did you enjoy it uh
3: yes and yes hmm. it was good uh, show, it was wasn't good it, it was a great show i would love to know um so my niece talia works at universal and um for like employee of the period of time that they have an employee for the um, mm-hmm. one of the rewards that you can do is go on the rides, but with all the lights on. So mm-hmm. you can see everything happening around, all the pulleys and the trucks. and, and um, I would love to see that Eurovision show with all the lights on, to so see with that camera on the stages. Mm-hmm. Um, and just
4: to see how they pull that off as a, as a live event is incredible. Well, you know what? Friend of the show, guest of the show. Uh, James Parker. Mariaki, Mariaki oh. Tech. Uh, tech king, um, Weaselspoon, Mm -hmm. long-time letter writer to Mm -hmm. the show. Uh, He was present at the semi-final rehearsal, so he can probably answer a lot of those questions you have. Please let us Uh, know, Robert. Yeah, yeah. Um, I had a lovely time. I thought it was great. Uh, Really, really... It's not often you see the UK in the public spotlight and you can say, yeah, I'm pretty proud of us. (laughs) We've done a good job there. Yeah. Um, And also really, really pleased with winning act as well which was uh, the one that i had backed all evening got quite cross about other people not backing which is quite validated by good um, not the uh, not the public vote but the jury votes certainly okay mm.
3: yeah do, do, you, do you do you judge it as, as songs or as a tv show because that's the difference isn't it that's so the jury are voting on the songs whereas the public are voting on the show because i thought mm-hmm. um i forget which uh Country it was, but uh it was a lady. Um she wasn't wearing many clothes, and actually at this particular bit she was let wearing fewer clothes. Um Israel. Right. So she said, Do you want to do you want to see me dance? Israel. And I and I shouted back, no, I don't, it's a song con- It's a Eurovision song. Con- <laughs> it's a Eurovision dance competition, is it? No one wants to see you dance. Sing.
4: Well, the jury the jury do judge on the performance as well, so they have their own oh, do they? special performance it's the i think it's the day before's rehearsal uh jury performance so it is partly on the staging and yeah you should be voting on the staging as well um which i was but i thought sweden was excellent absolutely phenomenal uh and there are a couple of video game references in there as well did you spot those simon uh game over what <laughs> by the by, by the awful golf man um Serbia.
3: yeah yeah i thought that was bad um i didn't like that a bit what was the other one
4: um, or, or, well, or were they all in that song? Uh, one of the one of the interval acts had Tetris background as uh. as happens actually during the semi final. You saw a, a skyscraper in the in Ukraine, which was the Tetris building, uh, and there was some pretty trite video game theming for a quiz round in the um, in the semi finals as well. So that's why Eurovision is relevant to us, a video game radio show. Uh, do we have any other video game content on today, Simon?
3: We do actually. We've got a real life video game man on to uh, to in. talk to us. Yes, uh, we're delighted to be joined once again by friend of the show, super 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 special guest James Parker Parker Jr. Hello, James. H- Hello, everybody. Hello to you. Um, I forgot to ask you, um, do you have something to talk about? Is that why you're on? <laughs> I,
2: I do have something to talk about, and that is why I'm on. But I'm mostly on just to, you know, hang out as usual. What was your verdict on the, the Eurovision? I, oh, I thought it was good. As Steve says, it was a, it was expertly hosted. It all hung together very well. I, I, I slightly disagree on the result. But then I also didn't Ooh. want Finland to win. So it was... <laughs> <laughs> Who did you want to win? Mm. Um, I quite like Norway
3: yeah
2: it, I think it struck the right balance between being fun and being not a, sort of so over the top wacky that it was just the kind of obvious choice.
4: It was strong and she seemed nice as well. I also liked Austria I thought Austria was like phenomenal and uh, I really liked Czechia as well uh, hey, Who did you right. dislike? Well that's not really in the spirit of things is it but Slovenia was appalling and I <laughs> loathed them to a man <laughs> <laughs>
2: like
4: absolutely
2: true oh they kept like I deducted a point every time they did a sort of unpleasant look to camera, oh. and by the end of the song, they were down about sixty <laughs> points yeah, correct um correct, well, I'm glad you've
4: got video game content to talk about. We will have more video game content as well because we're going to do the news in a second. Uh, do we have any letters? I haven't checked this week well, we have one. I know uh, it's very short letter, shortened to the point. Um, we will have reviews, I guess. In the review section, we'll be talking about Zelda, or should we well, do that as a special elsewhere?
3: Yeah, I mean, I've I've struggled to have any much playtime with it, mm-hmm. maybe twenty minutes. Uh, so okay. you can talk as much as you so we not like, spoil it for others.
4: Mm, I've done more uh, than that. Uh, okay, cool. Are you ready to get on with the news then? Let's do it. All right. Here is the news.
1: Me, Charles, but 1.0. Asus has confirmed the launch of their rival to the Steam Deck, the ROG Ally, launching June 13th and priced at $699. It boasts 8.6 teraflops of performance, 7-inch touchscreen at 1080p resolution, and 120C, 512GB SSD, and 16GB of LPDDR5 RAM, a lower-spec version is also in the works for $599, but with hitting a frame rate of up to 65 FPS, comes a batter life that the Verge notes falls significantly shorter than the Steam Deck. Sounds like the Asus ROG Ally is something seriously cool, but considering its price, you'll need something more than As You Save.
3: What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I just thought that I would... Um... You know, just let it have free reign with uh, the jokes this um, mm-hmm. this evening, and I just said make make a joke about the company name ASUS. Something um, more
4: than as as you, say. as you save. as you save, as you save, as you
3: save. Uh, obviously, okay. all the AI's are lololololololol lo- <laughs> about that right now, and sort of high fiving each others and stuff. But uh,
4: Simon, yeah. this sounds like a device that you will. Buy and claim is the best thing in the world for about six weeks and then never talk about it again.
3: I am tempted by it. Mm. Um, yes, I am. Uh, it is a Windows handheld, which um, is apparently higher specs than the Steam Deck, um, but being Windows minuses, uh, sorry, pluses, I should say, first of all, uh, you could, you know, uh, Game Pass, um, you would be able to access the game pass ultimate catalog on there which you can't do on the steam deck unless you stream it mm-hmm. um, and so you would be able to play i don't know halo on a plane imagine that um, you will be able to uh yeah do anything that a windows device can do minuses are and um, it's a windows device so mm-hmm. you know um yeah it's going to be an acquired taste i think but um i am interested i'm interested i'm not going to get one Steve. remind me of that when i've got one <laughs>
4: Isn't the problem with something like this that the, the advantage the Steam Deck now has, one of the advantages is not just the library naturally being there, but all of the adjustments that have been made for controls and that are slowly being rolled out, and will that apply to the games on this, uh, because presumably you're just running them native on a Steam? Yeah, you will You
3: will, in theory be able to customise the controls and um, agree that the community support probably won't be there initially, but that's the reason why the community support is there for steam is because it has to be, um, mm-hmm. in the, you know, we are we're already, um, hitting, uh, we're already finding games that are launching now, like won't run on the steam deck. Um, mm-hmm. last of us, uh, really does struggle. Apparently star Wars, um, Jedi
4: survivor. That doesn't work particularly well, but don't uh, those both struggle on a PC. Isn't that the problem with both of those at the moment?
3: Yes. Um, but, uh, uh they do, um, but there are sort of workarounds. There are quality settings yeah. that you can reduce on most other games that will enable you to get something uh, working to your satisfaction. So, yeah, don't know. It's good to see competition. There was a lovely tweet from Steam where they pretended to welcome the uh, competition. Um, <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, it does look does look good, I think. James, have you seen it? Do you covet
2: it? I, I have seen it, and I, I don't particularly covet it. It feels like a lot of that price differential is probably just the Windows license they have to get for every single one of them, which is probably going to hold it back from ever being price compatible with the Steam Deck. It just doesn't feel like it's it's better enough to justify the, the extra spend and the potential of faffing around.
3: Yeah, I... Th- yes, I'm going to wait. 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 I'm
4: going to wait. See you next week.
1: Yeah. Windows Central reports that the latest addition to the Mortal Kombat franchise will feature guest fighters, Peacemaker from the DC Universe, and Homelander from The Boys series. Fans won't have to wait long for more information, as the game is expected to be revealed in the next couple of weeks with a likely September release. If Homelander is indeed one of the characters, I might have to make sure my wife doesn't watch. Spines being ripped out is one thing, but sex she draws the line at.
3: Do you like this narrative I'm constructing, that AI, Charles? <laughs> took me a few goes to get something like that out of it, but <laughs> and the thing is, it's just not true because she does love. <laughs> <laughs> That's also not true. I don't know. I don't know if it's true. I don't know. I'm talking about AI Charles's wife. I don't know. Does he? Ma- well, there we go. Homeland is going to appear in Mortal Kombat along with uh, Peacemaker. How do we feel about that? Lots of Mortal Kombat news and speculation over the last week. You can see, I mean, the easiest thing I could have done is just filled this with news about Zelda because that's what every mm. other news story is. So apologies, we've had to cast the net slightly further and wider um, than we would like. But there we go. There's some some things are happening to Mortal Kombat.
4: This is uh, It's very Smash Brothers, isn't it? Or multiverses or any of those things to so just take IP from other places and bring them into your game to create a wider audience and have them hit each other.
2: Well, they did it with the last one as well. Mm-hmm. There was like Rambo and Terminator and the Turtles all turned up in Mortal Kombat 11.
3: Did it work? Are you a, are you a, yeah, are you a Mortal Kombat fanboy,
4: James
2: Parker? Well, no, I'm a Turtles fanboy, so that was my vector.
4: Having said that, um, your complaint on the Discord this week
2: about last week's guest was noted... Oh yeah, Correct. yeah. I, um, I forgot yeah. I'd write to reply to Tony's erroneous statement about the Mortal uh, Combat series. Do you want what to talk us say? through that? Yeah. Oh, he mentioned that uh, Christopher Lloyd had been in the Mortal Kombat movie, and it was, of course, Christopher Lambert, the Highlander actor. Of course, of course, it was. We. we I was I was in my kitchen, time. incensed at the lack of fact checking going on.
3: Are we are we going to have nothing to talk about during the interview section now, James? Because that's is that seemingly why you're here.
2: Oh um, yeah, no, yeah, that's why. I, I immediately wrote to you, needing right. to come and put right what once went wrong.
3: Okay. <laughs> I mean, what's Tony going to do in retaliation? You better make sure that you've got your all of your facts right. Yeah. Seems- yeah.
4: You're the new you're the new uh, One Life Left Mortal Combat expert. Give us some facts.
2: Oh yeah, this was. Uh, I was going to have a, a segment called. Boone and Bust, which was going to be about Ed Boone, the creative director of the Mortal Kombat series and the history of Midway games.
4: Very good. So what year was Midway founded in?
2: Let's say uh, 1986. Over to you, Tony. (laughs) Uh,
4: Did did either of you play uh, the last version of Mortal Kombat? No, no. Are either of you going to play this version of Mortal Kombat? Probably not.
2: Probably not.
1: Okay, thanks. Controversial peripheral company DeBrand has created a new set of Zelda-themed decals, which, although looking like the recently released Zelda, Tears of the Kingdom limited edition console actually carry a coded message that reads, Go have fun, lawyers, on the dock. On the company's website, they took the opportunity to give their opinion on Nintendo's decision to release a Zelda-themed console, offering the decals as a cheaper alternative. The company has had a history of finding itself in legal disputes. With the clone of the kingdom decals, it remains to be seen how Nintendo will respond. Fun you, Monkey Island. You're having
4: fun, aren't you, Simon?
3: <laughs> well, it's what do you say? Fun, isn't it? Because I did ask the AI to substitute the actual uh, F words from the story <laughs> with fun. Um, and uh Charles Bot went a little bit further, you know, go have fun, Nintendo, mm. um, mm. rather than go fun yourself, which is what the the closest uh translation would be. Um, mm. but there we go, fun, 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 fun. D brand, this is your one Zelda story, is that they've done a clone of the kingdom.
4: Uh, Switch stickers. Mm. Do you think the the Nintendo lawyers will take the bait?
3: Well, they have been uh, pretty aggressive in terms of Zelda stuff uh, recently. Um, mm. One Twitch streamer uh, got accidentally kicked off the platform for restreaming, um, uh, you know, actual approved press footage um, on Twitch, uh, and got accidentally uh, yeah banned for a bit. I understand. Um, some Switch emulator people apparently have, have um, incurred the wrath uh, because they've been playing Tears of the Kingdom on devices that aren't a Switch. Uh, so the lawyers are watching. Hmm.
4: Um, I suspect. Wh- why, why would you? Why would they do something like this and include that? Uh, include that thing? Is it just press press basing as well, like trying to draw more attention to the fact that these decals exist? Um.
3: Yeah, thing. you know, showing that they're a bit edgy mm-hmm. um, Yeah, don't know But it seems to have worked, doesn't it? Because uh, that, like all of our stories this evening Was on videogameschronicle.com
1: Okay, well let's go for story four then Yawn, the European Commission, is expected to announce their approval of Microsoft's $69 billion acquisition of Activision Blizzard next week, with the US FTC suing to block the merger, citing antitrust concerns. Yawn, it's already been approved in several countries, and Microsoft has reportedly hired an EU-beating lawyer to appeal the UK's block on the deal. Yawn. <laughs> Even
4: Charles is bored of this, of this story now. Yeah. Um... Yeah. Will this be the final? Well, no, it won't be the final time we have it, because presumably at some point there'll be one that says it's gone through.
3: Yeah. I mean, I just don't understand what's happening. Who? You know, what? What is happening? I thought it was off. So the UK said no. And then Europe, Europe is saying yes. And, you know, is that why we voted leave? You know, <laughs> I I remember distinctly on the side of a bus saying that if we leave, then Activision, Microsoft won't
4: buy Activision um james do you have any further insight into the story i have no idea what's going on either
2: no i read somewhere i can't remember where so it's not properly cited but that they they can't they can't go through with it if it's not approved in all territories because Hmm. all of their operations are so globalized now that if they can't do it in one place then they can't continue acting as one larger company which will sort of make sense but also seems a bit weird that we could as a stupid tiny nation now could get in the way when all of Europe says, "Yeah, it's fine."
4: Yeah, it feels like um, <laughs> it places the UK in a, a pretty strong position as the sort of holdout, doesn't it? You could um, bargain with them; they could get anything they want from Microsoft.
2: But presumably, if it if it's if it makes it worth it, Microsoft could pull out of the UK entirely and then say, mm.
4: which is sort of what they were hinting at um, with uh,
2: with their statement after. But when you've got an office in Reading, you don't want to leave that. (laughs) Have you ever ever been there, James? I have. I was invited to some kind of Xbox event once. You were
4: also, this is off topic, but you were also invited to number 10, weren't you?
2: I was invited, but I was too busy in Croatia promoting the UK's games industry overseas to be able to go and shake hands with famous conservative MPs. Did you you see the photos? I saw some of them. Uh, How did it make you feel? It made me feel um, greatly relieved that I didn't have to make the choice whether to go or not. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Final story.
1: Jeff Keighley has announced that Summer Games Fest 2023 will feature content from over 40 major publishers and tickets for the showcase in Inglewood, California on June 8th are already on sale. This year's show includes prominent publishers such as Activision, Amazon Games, Bandai Namco, Capcom, CD Projekt Red, EA, Epic Games, PlayStation, Xbox, and more. Rumours have been circulating that anyone who doesn't show their support for Summer Games Fest this year could be banned from the games industry.
4: Ah, poor Jeff. I I guess he's got over the heartbreak of E3 Um, not happening then, you know. Pulled himself together. On with the show with the show. I think the location is on E3's grave, isn't it? That's where all (laughs) of this is taking place. I mean, come on. So brave. So brave. It's an
3: extraordinary list of uh, companies that are getting involved in all of this stuff. Uh, Yeah, you know, Jeff is our new overlord. Hail to the king. Mm. Uh, Yeah, the true coronation. This will take place this summer.
4: (laughs) Yeah, uh, I mean, uh, you know, it's almost... um... It's you know they they participate because they feel they have to right if one of them pulled out then everyone would start going oh no you know we've got our own thing again and the cycle will continue right boom and bust
3: yeah well I'll, you know I do like these moments I do worry about um, putting them all in the hands of one individual um, but um look forward to seeing all the summer of announcements but yeah it's just really weird <laughs> we don't know what's going on anymore
4: super weird how do you how do you compete with something like this i mean i guess you wait for
3: yeah i mean you know nothing lasts forever does it um Mm. so i guess yeah you
4: just you just or or i guess that's the point right there is a there's almost a maximum size for uh for this to be an efficient or, or useful thing for people to be involved in like, when you have 40 publishers involved, then everyone starts getting lost, and of course you're paying bigger and bigger sums for primetime slots, for big uh, big showpiece slots. And that squeezes everyone out, and then they realise that it's best to, to go and do their own thing after all. Um, but in the meantime, Jeff, um, you know, as sad as he is, no doubt, about the end of E3, uh, we'll be making a lot of money from this. Good for him! Let's say good for him. All right. Thank you, Simon, and thank you, Charles Bott.
1: One Life Left Video Game News with me, Charles Bott
4: 1.0. You're listening to One Life Left on Resonance 104.4 FM. We're a video game radio show that broadcasts on a radio station in London, in the UK, arguably the greatest radio station in the world. And, you know, certainly a video game radio show that's been going for quite a long time. Um, we're also a podcast. You can find that at www.onelifeleft.com, where you'll also find the show notes, which put together by Phil. Phil is not on camera watching us live right now. Um, I, think I think he's think, washed his hands of us. I think after last week's debacle, he may have done. He, he did check in, he did say, make sure you press record this week, and we did. Um, Anyway, he puts together the show notes and uh, also provides links to things that are important, uh, such as our Discord. You can find that link at hello.onelifeleft.com. Please join us there to discuss the show and to fact-check our Mortal Kombat news, uh, just like James Parker has.
3: Hello, James.
2: Hello again.
3: So, welcome back. How many times have you been on the show before?
2: I think this might be my fifth.
3: Can we run through the announcements uh, previously, please?
2: Um, I think the first time I came on, it was to announce of Ground Shatter. So it was nine years ago. Um, and then the next time was probably the Skyscrapper's launch and then something to do with binaries, Tony, and then Fights in Tight Spaces coming to Early Access. And then possibly Fights and Tights Basis being properly released.
3: Well, leave us and in suspense now. no more, James Parker. <laughs> What's the news? What's the goss?
2: Oh, we've just announced the launch dates for Fights and Tights Basis on Switch and PlayStation.
3: Hooray! When are they?
2: They are in, uh, but a week and a bit. Uh, wow. Thursday, May 25th. Um, but most excitingly of all, you can go onto the eShop right now and you can wishlist the game, you can pre-order it and you can download a demo of it to play right now whenever you're listening to this. Unless you're playing Zelda, which is quite lovely. Tell us about Fights in Tight Spaces then. It's a uh, deck building, turn-based tactical fighting game where you play a kind of spy and you have a deck of cards and you beat up goons in a variety of exciting locations and it's very stylish and it's very fun and it's got roguelike elements and yeah it's been good people like you it.
3: launched it into early access and game preview if memory serves
2: that's correct
3: how did that go it went very well
2: yeah it was um it was the first time we've done early access so i was uh, somewhat hesitant because i know that's a bit of a mixed blessing but for us it was ideal because it meant that we had a, a large contingent of really sort of engaged players who kind of got what we were trying to do and really helped out with um, kind of iterating it through that process so that when we hit our version one launch, it was like the very best possible version of itself that it could be. And I think had we not done that early access process, we would have probably missed out on some of the sort of deeper dives that those really committed players are able to do in a way that even we as devs, can't do because we're busy kind of juggling lots of things whereas you'll get players who are going going to try one thing for a long period of time and see how they can break the game or exploit the game in interesting ways and we can reincorporate that into into the game design
3: so what sort of stuff did you learn or what surprised you during early access in terms of feedback from the community
2: i think it was it was about the ways people played the game and and how people were bringing their knowledge and understanding from other deck building games to fights and and because it's got a this tactical um movement based thing it's it doesn't it's not a direct analog with slay the spy but some of the things that you can do in games like slay people were trying and seeing whether they could use the same techniques to win through in fights and sometimes they could and sometimes they couldn't and sometimes that was good and sometimes it was bad so you had to we kind of Weaving that path between what what is fun and interesting and what is difficult and easy, and sometimes you've got to make compromises on both sides, and, and other times you can you can kind of open up different routes for people that you weren't kind of aware existed.
3: Was there anything in uh, that uh, you pushed back on, sort of feedback wise, or uh, did the community always win?
2: Um, not some the the things that we did that were pushed back, you were more when players were like, oh, this is a great card, we love it. And then we found that people were just using it constantly and it became just their kind of multi-tool for doing every single job rather than experimenting with other cards and trying out different things. We would sort of dial back the things that were kind of rising up above the rest as the kind of automatic go-to things because that sort of takes away a lot of the fun is if, if you've got one card that can do multiple things too well, then it ceases to be an interesting choice for players to make.
3: Why did it take so long to come to PlayStation and switch then
2: um, a combination of reasons some of which are sort of businessy and not talk aboutable other <laughs> of which are businessy and talk aboutable. Uh, so we were, the, uh, the game pass deal uh, the game preview deal gave us a bit of a, an exclusivity window on console with Xbox. Uh, which is fine and normal and good. Um, but then after that, other discussions occurred about the things that meant we weren't able to release it straight away. Um, but also with the, with the extra time that we've had, we've, because we've been updating the game through, um, through release as well, there's been additions and changes and improvements. We've been able to incorporate that into the, these launches as well. And the, the DLC that hasn't been announced yet, uh, will obviously also come to those platforms as well. So we wanted to get them. Out and ready, and for players to be familiar with them before we drop kind of additional content on them.
3: Can you announce that DLC now?
2: Mm, I can tease that DLC now. Ooh, go on then. By just saying this, just (laughs) saying it's coming.
4: (laughs) What colour is it?
2: Uh, It's mostly uh, sort of dark grey.
4: Ooh.
3: Good. Well, I'm pleased that uh, PlayStation and Switch owners can finally join in the fights. Fun.
2: Uh, yeah, it's, and it's super good on Switch as well. I mean, it's it's really nice format for it, and the you know the session times are quite short when you're playing the game, so you can you know fit it in after a game of Zelda or before a game it's of Zelda, okay. or maybe if you if you're bored of Zelda, you can just have a go.
3: What next for fights then?
2: Well, I, I, more stuff if people if more people buy it and want more content then we'll do that because that's a that's a thing that we're asked for a lot um i think we've got it's it's been a nice project to work on because i got to the end of it without totally hating it which is a mm-hmm. a, a rare treat um so yeah and there's there's lots of things that we kind of wanted to do originally but i didn't have time for it didn't couldn't quite work out a way of doing but and over the over the time since we've kind of solved some of those problems, either technically or creatively, so there's a there's a big list of things that we could do and directions we could take it in. So, kind of looking forward to doing more of those.
3: Nice. And what else is going on in Ground Shatter's world?
2: Just a big uh, big birthday party. We've uh, we've just got a new office in Bristol, so uh, a few people coming in every day, and it's just nice to see people in real life. And then we're having an office opening and a birthday party. And, uh, Yeah, nice That's things good. like that.
3: Good stuff. Well, always lovely to see you, James. Best of luck uh, with the Switch and PlayStation launches. Thank you. Yeah, it's, it's quite. It's, I mean, why did you announce it and then launch it so soon?
2: Um, partly because we wanted to announce it when the pre-order was available. Okay, okay. Um, uh, so yeah, we just we 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 didn't want to we didn't, didn't want people waiting. to wait any longer, basically, because yes. it's already been quite a long wait. But you didn't fancy shadow dropping it? No, because that's risky if you're a little, one of the little guys like we are. Well, what are you? Yeah, we're still pretty little.
4: Okay.
3: Well, let's hope you get bigger through this then. Thank you.
4: <laughs> All right. Uh, time for the letters. Email,
1: messages, and forward BCC.
4: One Life Letters. Simon, have you found any letters in the One Life Left inbox? I've not, Steve. The
3: last one that we read out was the um, you know, the intriguing one.
4: Hmm. Yeah, uh, well, like- I have a little bit to say on that. Okay. Um, so, uh, regular listeners to show will know that last week I had an email to the team at OneLifeLeft.com address, so uh, went into both Simon and mine inbox and um, Addressed, uh, addressed to Stephen Curran. Which is Shall I read it? Give name. Uh, you can recap it, yep.
3: It said, it it's from Stephen Curran, This may seem a bit strange, but I'm trying to contact Stephen Curran. He is my namesake. I've never met another Stephen Curran in the flesh. I'm originally from Dublin, but I live in the Caribbean now. S.C.
4: Well, I wrote back. Um, I wrote back and said, Hey, Stephen. Stephen here. Nice to hear from you. Uh, one question why me? There are quite a few other Stephen Curran's out there, and most of them don't disguise their true Stephen nature. Uh, anyway, I, I don't know whether it's okay to read Stephen Curran's reply to me back. Is it uh, full of expletives? <laughs> it's, it's, it's just a picture. Um, <laughs> No, it's not. Uh, it's completely normal. Um, he wrote back, referenced uh, the Dave Gorman project where Dave Gorman tried to meet all the other uh, Dave Gormans and said he'd read the book and it left him thinking it might be interesting to to chat to other Stephen Curran. So I wrote, wrote back to him and, you know, it's nice. Maybe, Simon, we will end up in uh, the Bahamas and maybe uh, we won't get murdered in the process. Who's to say? Uh, but currently a heartwarming wholesome story
3: is it now you're gonna become best friends with somebody who shares your name
4: it'll be the stephen curran one life left show very soon uh, we do have uh, another letter in the mailbag uh, this is from morghese sent today at 5 39 and it says don't forget to hit record thanks morghese we did not don't forget to write yeah, Jeez. back on you guys. Uh, don't forget to write. We do need letters. Uh, They're a yeah. fun part of the show. So please, if you are listening to the show, whether you've written to us before or never written to us ever, uh, write us a letter. You can do that by emailing team at onelifeleft.com. Sorry, yeah. I was just reading the, di- the Discord. <laughs> reading
3: the Discord.
4: We, you can also uh, use the Discord because we have a mailbag channel in there where you can drop your correspondence and we'll read it out on the show.
2: Uh, and we will even
4: yeah, answer it to the best of our abilities. Which often,
2: you know. I feel personally affronted. There's nothing from Chris Conroy when there is every week, and now now I'm here, and it's mm. I've been yeah, shunned. I,
3: I mean, um, even Steve didn't know you were coming on, James. So I doubt, <laughs> Chris, I doubt Chris will. He said, Steve said, "Is James Parker coming?" I said, "Yeah." I didn't know that. I didn't want to. Didn't realise
4: I needed to run everything by me. Steve said,
3: <laughs> well, it's "I thought sad. we were a
4: partnership." said on Riverside, admit James Parker to the studio, yes or no. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I no, don't know why he wanted to talk to you, Simon. Like well, imagine could have if, been going on. Imagine
3: if you that button you could just pull anybody from the games industry <laughs> Who would you pull
4: in? In, I'd broad, pull
3: in J- James Parker. Yeah, <laughs> obviously. Every week. I'd make him bigger. I'd make him realise he's bigger than bigger than he knows. <laughs> You know what? One day, I think he'll. You know that 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 ty- that office will, will soon become an empire.
4: Is this um, is this a a Bristol game scene rivalry thing that I don't understand here, Simon? Are you exactly? I'm not, some I'm beef not sure it's
3: rivalry. I think I think James has got other friends to play with. Really? Yeah, I do think that. Did You get an invite to his party? I did get an invite to his did party. Did
4: you? I did. Yes. When? Yeah. when? Uh, what when is it or when did I get the invite no when was when I'm just wondering who got the invite first oh uh, well, undoubtedly have been you um well, we don't know that yet
3: let me uh let me dig through my correspondence I don't like discord I just as an old man I've just there's just too much mm-hmm. um on the second of May I was cordially invited
4: okay so I was invited while I was at reboot so that would have been a week before right hand delivered
3: yeah i mean y- you know there was a reason why he couldn't hand deliver it to me at reboot wasn't there <laughs> <laughs>
2: um also the uh, true measure of man is not when they receive their invite but whether they're coming to the party or not that's true yeah, well, um,
4: and mine was i mean i i, I don't want to over romanticize the way it was delivered it was kind of pressed into the back of my hand in a taxi ripped from a polythene bag of invites so it was its no romance there uh and i couldn't go i can't go yeah. so i don't think i can make it either mm, i'm afraid well, uh, i guess my invite will be passed along to the next person now yeah what's the other stephen curran <laughs> perhaps maybe that's it maybe you could be our un- envoy yeah that mean that would work wouldn't it does he does he
3: listen to the show
4: well unclear we're going to find out very soon when he finds out i've been reading out his private correspondence on the show okay it feels like he else might
2: have brought it again. up sooner had he
4: listened to the show hmm.
3: but as steve pointed out last he did email team at onelifeleft.com yeah and actually Steve has got stevecurran.com so I mean, you know if you wanted to not get
4: stevencurran.com direct- is it this is the confusing thing to me like i don't know where i refer to myself as Stephen Curran on the internet, and why that connects with One Life Left.
3: Oh, he's gone through all your stuff. <laughs> Don't you worry about that.
4: Say he's behind you, but uh, somebody behind James Parker, of course. There is. <laughs> why, is uh, why is Jason Statham behind you?
2: Because uh, he, he reminds me what month it is. Oh yeah, so he does. Because I, I, I the real story behind this, this is not Radio feature. Um mm. I used to have a Jason Statham calendar behind me. But then that was replaced at Christmas by this small standee. So I just write the month on a post-it note and stick it to his chest. Does he like that? He's, I mean, he's pretty ambivalent about it.
3: <laughs> Saw a trailer of him punching another shark
2: uh, this week, you know. Would you imagine what he could do to you? Oh, wait, well, he could definitely punch me. I mean, that's, I, I'm easier to punch than a shark, famously.
4: All right. Um, we're in danger of having to do a Simon Byron's Fast Five. Are we? Well, we'll get on with the reviews and see where we are after this. Do you keep them in your back pocket? In my front pocket. Here we go. It's the reviews. Simon, what have you been spending 20 minutes on this week?
3: Well, I did... um, So we we do have three copies of uh, Zelda in the house, Steve. I I had to lie to you because my wife listens. <laughs> um so I had to pretend it was just me and Dexter that had copies coming. But uh Dexter uh did uh, he bought it for her birthday, uh which he delivered on Friday. So um he's not with us at the moment. Dexter's in a little bit of trouble. Um, he's been grounded for the foreseeable future by his um his mother, um because he was caught. Um he climbed out the window of his bedroom last night, apparently, and his uh, and jumped on the roof and went out. <laughs> He's 14. He went out. And um, his mum sent a message saying that she'd, she sort of went past his room at half past three um, <laughs> in the morning, and uh, he wasn't there. He'd gone Amazing. out. <laughs> gone out. <laughs> Did you go out? I mean, I'm not sure what time he will have gone out. Um, and, uh, you know, I've had to pretend to be... A bit grumpy about it, but uh, you know, good on him, eh? Unless (laughs) unless he's over at White House for that weekend. No, he doesn't (laughs) listen. Uh, We can say what he likes. uh, Obviously, it's awful what he did. Um, But anyway, he's playing Zelda, we're playing Zelda. But uh, there was a moment this evening when um, uh, Kate was playing Zelda, I was playing Zelda, Ramona was playing Mario Karts, and complaining and and, um, exclaiming that she was one for a bit. (laughs) I'm one I won! Oh, I'm not. I got red shell. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. I will. I will record her Mario Kart mutterings because they are quite funny. Um, but yeah, so I played it for 20 minutes. I thought it had an extraordinarily confident start. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I've just you know just got out of the bit that you started. Good, seven okay. out of ten. Um, I've also been replaying Far Cry Six because that's just come to Steam. 12 pound 50 um it's you know what ubisoft are doing is they've realized that not putting their their pc games on steam has been an error and so they're slowly bringing them all back but they launched them all with with a massive discount so um uh, i bought far cry 6 because we all know how much i enjoyed far cry uh 5 um it was a difficult thing to do though i'm not uh, going to lie to you let me tell you um what the options are uh, when you go to buy Far? Okay, you go, oh, great! Far Cry Six has come to Steam. So, guys, uh, what do you want to do? Do you want to buy Far Cry Far Cry Six Standard Edition, Far Cry Six, Far Cry Six Deluxe Edition, Far Cry Six Gold Edition, or Far Cry Six Game of the Year Edition?
4: Game of the Year.
2: That's, Which one's cheapest?
3: Well, the che- well, there you go. Far Cry Six Standard Edition. That's twelve pound fifty. Regular price forty nine ninety nine. Uh, deluxe, 66.99, ordinarily. Gold, 83.99, ordinarily. Game of the Year is £100. Pounds. Uh, <laughs> but you, you can buy it today for £30. Pounds. Um, and there's, you know, there's a little graphic about what each version contains. Mm-hmm. And, of course, the base game contains the base game. The Deluxe mm-hmm. Edition can, includes the base game and the ultimate pack. The Gold Edition contains the base game, not the ultimate pack, but it does include the season pass, what does that mean? And then the Game of the Year edition includes all of them. All of right. the ticks.
4: Anyway, okay, I'm getting the base game now. The standard version, for okay, sure. Okay, good.
3: Anyway, yeah. Uh, I, um, yeah, and it's, you know, I, I had played it uh, before. Uh, started it just to see how it ran on the Steam Deck. A little bit of tweaking. You get an almost solid 40 out of it. So, uh, 40 FPS Steam. Which 40? As you know, That's yeah. how casual which, as you, you are know at. Which, as you know, is, the, is <laughs> you know, the Steam... Us deckers... Uh, that's our recommended FPS. Just got a solid 40 out of it. Just got a 40. solid 14 most 40 most of the time. Anyway,
4: I loaded it up, did a few missions, but I, um, I will be popping over to
3: the Tears of the Kingdom.
4: Mm, you're going to get your attack helicopter, not in Tears of the Kingdom, in the other one. You get
3: given a crocodile, actually. I don't need a helicopter. Mm. You give given a crocodile very early
4: doors. Okay, fine. <laughs> so uh, a- I've been playing Tears of the Kingdom. Have you okay, been playing
2: it, James? I have not been playing it.
4: Ooh. We're the only one. Uh, because it it's quite nice to have a game that is a, a... sort of such a big release that it feels like everybody is playing it. Like my uh, Switch friends list is essentially... I don't know what your experience is, Simon, but mine is just everyone is playing that game. Uh, and I, as I've mentioned on the show before, I knew nothing about it before I played, except for the... the World has been reused because I read that somewhere, and because of what you mentioned on the show last week that there's a lot of creative stuff in it. You were worried that you're going to have to do building stuff, and you'd rather smart people got to do that, and it's a bit intimidating. Um, and yeah, uh, so I've got I've got to some of that. I'm further on than you are. I have just. Emerged from, or or descended I guess, from what is the starting place, this island in the sky and landed on Hyrule proper for, I guess, a second time because um, it is the same landscape although there are clearly some changes and uh, yeah, that first set of islands is Nintendo's Nintendo's equivalent of a tutorial level, so you move around it and you learn the new skills that the game will be based around those who played the first Zelda on the Switch will know that the sort of differentiator is these skills that allow you to throw objects and that kind of thing. Here they are mostly, well I don't know about that, but the central one is the ability to bind objects together and create new things. And I've seen some of those building blocks as I've moved through the tutorial and I've seen more now I've landed on the surface. And yeah, it is a bit intimidating. I'm similar to you in that I like this stuff in theory, but as soon as I see one video on YouTube of someone making an incredible palace on wheels with jet engines I will not be encouraged to do this myself but intimidated in a way that may stop me playing it at the moment I'm absolutely loving it though, I'm loving exploring the world the narrative, the the I will say the dialogue, because on an individual line-to-line basis, the stuff is not terrible, but the, I really loathe the plot. Um, the, I found the intro sequence, the thing that you said, was confident. It is confident, but I think it's so poorly scripted, and the uh, the voice acting is dreadful as well, it feels like. In I was saying exactly
3: the same thing earlier. No, I think... Um confident I I I just it's just the just the first thing that you see, which is just the game name in small mm-hmm. text. Yeah, yeah yeah. And ordinarily <laughs> it's and and then it goes it answers the questions that you have. Well how do you follow if I've just killed Ganon in the first mm-hmm. game, how do you follow that up? And it goes, oh, okay, here's how. And you go, oh that's yeah. cool. And then but, and then obviously it does what you expect it to do.
4: I mean it it goes here here here's how an incredibly uh, either you know just a lame way which is almost like they've just moved into a new house and they haven't really checked out what's there oh we'll just wander down the basement never really looked at this thing in this castle uh, before oh I'll keep going this seems a bit scary I'll keep going turns out it's really my, scary well, what
3: about my studies Steve oh, I've been man. doing my studies
4: yeah I you like I was my playing, studies I was playing with my daughter and like we got to the bit where the sort of passages start to get a bit scary and she said just don't go down there. And I was like, yeah. I mean, that's correct. Like, let's not. Let's go up upstairs and just mess around in Hyrule, which I've already saved once. I don't feel the need to save again.
3: This you is- know, you know, all all of the. Sorry, uh, not all of. The, uh, uh, but the most recent Far Cry games all have an early ending where if you just turn around and don't do it, right, you can, you can see the credits. Yeah. And I, if you just stayed underground,
4: yeah, and just, just waited. Uh, not t- don't touch the things. Send someone else down here. Get them to take a photo of these things you want to see. Go back to your actual studies. Um, this is not why I'm playing Zelda, right? The, the same problems were present in the first game where the the script and the plot and the voice acting was embarrassing. But everything else about the game is brilliant. Like in it, As a piece of production work, it's so intimidating. The whole thing seems huge joyful I've been surprised at how quickly I've got used to the controls and how easy it is to bind things together and play around with them I've enjoyed solving those puzzles and I'm really really looking forward to to uh, exploring it some more I'm sure we'll talk about it more next week seven out of ten
3: I am finding it very strange being back on a switch after having such a large handhold handhold handheld my hands uh, for the last year or so I mean I've I've really not touched the switch since the steam deck has been around. And so going back to it now, has been a bit strange, but so I've had to reconfigure my, my, you know,
2: what the buttons are again. Can we just, buttons constantly.
3: James, we learn, worry about that. James.
2: Uh, I've been playing both of the recent Marvel card games. So, uh, midnight suns on big machines and Marvel snap on my little machine. Um, and Marvel Snap is, uh, as you've talked about before, it's very concise and well-designed. And games are quick, and it's effortless, and there's lots of flexibility, and it's ace. And I can't stop how, playing it. How is it these
3: days, though? What's changed since I jettisoned?
2: <laughs> um, there, well, there's presumably there's been a couple of seasons of new content. So a bunch of extra cards, They they update... They do over-the-air balance updates every couple of weeks now, so they are they they make tangible changes to how it performs. Uh, they've they've just recently changed the um, I guess the probability of different locations appearing. So what some of the more frustrating ones have been moved away, and other ones have been lifted up the ranks. So yeah, this they're they're obviously committed to it, which is nice, and there's there's oh. always enough to keep you going back. How
3: much money have you spent on
2: it? £8.99 in total.
3: Oh, what was the season that you bit then?
2: Um, it was Nimrod is what I got, who's a character who uh, duplicates themselves whenever they're destroyed. So it works very well if you've got... Um, uh, d- d- what's he called? Demolisher? The big, that, strong one yeah. who blows everything up. Or, you know, Carnage of anyone anyone who eats things he's good for. So, yeah. I thought that was worthwhile at the time. And also I wanted to sort of give give them some money, given how many hours I've sunk into this game. Um, good stuff. Seven out of ten.
3: Yeah.
2: Um, yeah, and Midnight Suns is sort of the opposite. So it's it, it, At the heart of it, it's got a really, really good card-based tactical fighting thing, which I'm interested in both professionally and personally. And I love all the Marvel stuff, but it's surrounded by this endless, endless guff that you've got to do. You've got to have conversations with people who are just wittering on about people crap all of the time. Sorry, I might have done a minor swear. Um, yeah, and, and you have to go and get stuff and hand things to people. And it's just none of it is what I bought the game to do what i bought the game to do is go i'm going to play this card and do a cool thing and then work out what my deck's going to be and all of that stuff that's the stuff i want to play i don't want this just tedious doll's house of um second tier marvel characters that i have to that it forces you to constantly engage with and i don't understand why they put those two things together because they don't feel like the same audience the people who want an XCOM style tactical thing, want to create their world and operate in it. The people who love Marvel dress-up aren't going to play something that's really in-depth like that. They're, they just want the Marvel dress-up stuff, so they feel like they've been smashed together in a way that certainly doesn't suit me, but might well suit others. 7 out of 10.
4: Fantastic. That's the One Life Left Reviews section. We've got five minutes left, Simon, which places you in extreme jeopardy. Don't think so, Simon. Bar- Simon Baron's Fast Five, five Zelda games.
3: Well, Zelda one, two, uh, three, uh, Link Between Worlds, and um, the uh, Link to the Past. Um, there we go. Yeah, easy. Legends of. Um, I went to the MCV Awards this uh, this week, guys. Did you now? We were nominated for best indie publisher. Best indie Congratulations publisher. Congratulations on the nomination. Thanks. Thanks. I didn't expect to win. Um, There were two awards Um, There's one for indie publishers And there's one for major publishers Okay
1: Mm. Uh,
3: We were nominated for indie And then there's a major publishing one Okay Uh, We didn't win um, And that's fine uh, But so I would just like to uh, Congratulate Kepler Interactive And all of its 250 employees (laughs) I I mean, you're not, I'm not, um, I'm not sure if you know who Kepler Interactive are, um, but if you, uh, if you look at their Twitter account, um, uh, just to find out a bit, I mean, I was, you know, I didn't know much about them, Um, Kepler Interactive Twitter, if you look at their Twitter account, you just click on it here, Um, uh, their description is, uh, it's a Kepler, at Kepler underscore um, interact. Uh, they described himself as 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 a major glo- global publisher, co-owned and run by Dave, mm. so um, a major. If only there was an, a, an awards category for major publishers, <laughs> uh, maybe next year. But, that, I mean, they didn't seem to spot that because they, they tweeted, what a night to remember. Last night we attended MC Develop and had the honour of taking home the Indie Publisher of the Year Award, uh, said the major publisher. Anyway, yes, anyway, uh, congratulations. Um, it was a good night. Did you have a nice night? Uh, I had a nice night. Yes, Mm. Um, uh, it was. It was good to see some old friends. I was surprised at how annoyed I was not winning an award I didn't expect to win. Um, (laughs) So, uh, but yes, but I should take the positives. Good to be nominated. I just felt a little bit slighted that you know. And actually, I was chatting to some of the other guys that were nominated, and would have been very happy. Uh, for some of the other nominations to have won, it just felt it just felt a little a little odd to me.
4: Odd. Um, here's something uh, a little bit of in house admin and something that uh, sort of is a cycles back to our Jeff Keeley news earlier. I bought my tickets for Gamescom. Oh, week. did you? Did mm. you? Are you going? Uh, I'm looking into it. Yes, uh, it does look like.
3: Uh, yes, uh, it looks like it should be should be on. So I'll see you there. Okay. What about you,
2: James? I've I've not really thought about it yet, but I, I might be.
4: Hmm. Yeah, um, I, I was going to say I I think Simon, it's been a long time since we've taken One Life Left on the road. Mm. I think we should. I think we should do an outside broadcast from somewhere. Yes.
0: Well, I um, think
4: we should do it from Japan. I think we should as well. If anyone from Bitsummit wants Why filling, aren't we? I'd love to, to do that. I can't go to Bitsum. Okay, Bitsummit then because I'm talking at development. Just invite me. Would you Oh come on. <laughs> what? That is not a good reason to not go to Bitsummit. Well Summit. I've got an actual session. Invite... I've got an actual oh. session. And you people could have, have booked actual... their tickets to see. And you me. could have an actual poorly tummy and no one needs
3: to know. People are very interested in mm-hmm. why wish lists don't matter,
4: asterisk. Just Record it. Drop a video in a Discord somewhere.
3: I'm afraid I can't, Steve. I've already, I was almost invited to Bit Summit, actually, by and um, I had to say, I "Can't go." Don't don't I... make those eyes at me on the radio.
4: <laughs> almost invited. I was. It's a, bit, it's a bit like my almost standing ovation. Which is. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that's been a good They'd- show they
3: neither stood nor applauded
4: but it no. was close <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much for coming on james it's good to see you Cheers, james. i'm looking forward to the sixth all ready um we'll see you soon we'll see, see you all soon. With you soon. thank you for listening and thanks to resonance of M as ever we will be back next week till then goodbye, goodbye. bye <laughs>